He laughed like this. You could hear his laugh from across the street. Hey, guess what I had? Uh, guess what I had for breakfast? Oh, did you have some of that stuff, man? Did you have some of that, that green bag of protein? No, <laughs> I had a cookie. Didn't have a protein bag? Some black coffee and a cookie. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I feel good about then that. Then you climbed up on your steel girder and went to work. <laughs> High right. over the city. <laughs> you come down at lunch for some oysters. Little girder I call literary fiction. <laughs> Up on my girder, <laughs> inch inch out. That's a good. La- that's a good last name for a fictional um, uh, construction worker. McGirder. McGirder. Yeah, McGirder. James McGirder. Leon McGirder. Leon McGirder. <laughs> Lean on McGirder. <laughs> Lean on. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that's an answer to, but it's a good joke. No. Well, we're Leon we're we're not in the business of answering the questions here in the in in lip. That's day. right. We're in. We're, we're in, not. We just ask doctors. <laughs> we only have master's degrees for Christ's sake. <laughs> That's right. We can. <laughs> we can only cast light spells. <laughs> Echo. Um, uh, so I've been sorry using, about. The, uh, God, that's all right. That's all right. Wait, wait, I was gonna, gonna. I was going to. Uh, Apologize for the the distracting beginning. That's okay. Everything nicely set up, and Oscar taken care of downstairs. And then, right as you're calling, he walks in the bag, green bag of protein. <laughs> Although, upon closer examination, it was just granola. Oh, okay. It did say protein yeah. in big letters, though, it, didn't it? It was really pushing the protein content of granola. Yeah. I mean, sure, but. That's really not where you want to go if protein is your is your quarry. No, um, mutton. <laughs> I think a leg of mutton is much better. If you're in a, looking for a quick protein fix. <laughs> yeah, right. Because when mutton. I think when I think of mutton, I think of I think of uh, quick. Quick is the Dutch rare bit. So what's new? What's new? Well, hey, I'm sorry I said this in an email, but I was I was very sorry to hear that CD Wright had died, and that uh, uh, I know you're sad about that. So here's to her. It was shocking. I don't. Uh, I've never met her. Don't didn't know her, so I, yeah. I don't know um, the context of her passing. Well, I did know her. I- and um, she's important to me as a poet and enormous as a figure who I wanted approval from, both literary approval and I really wanted her to... There's somebody that you wanted... I think this is fairly universal, that that uh, you wanted... would like... It was so cool that you would really like some sign that she thought you were cool, too. It's very cool. Yeah. Very, you know. Yeah. No, I, I totally uh, we were, understand. We were close. I mean, she always I wasn't a student, um, you know, but I, I, you know, through the press or poetry things, I probably saw her once or twice a year for something. Yeah. And I had the, the pleasure of getting to know her pretty well. Uh, it was very shocking. Despite what Jane's addiction says, it was shocking. <laughs> 
well contextualized. She uh, well, I mean, she she just uh, didn't wake up one morning. Yeah, that's the context. She wanted yeah. a trip to Chile, and uh, returned, and uh, I think a day or two after that, just uh, went to bed, didn't wake up. Well, I suppose that's how you might want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I I know the phenomenon of a person who looms large in the imagination, perhaps not even knowing it. Uh, yeah. And you might not see them very often, but they're the person who, you know, when you successfully pick up your car from the mechanic, you want a little voice, their little voice in the back of your head saying, good job, good job yeah. on navigating the, you know, I'm being slightly facetious, but not really. It's like, I, I, yeah. I do feel like there's a little audience of, uh, of heroes in my head who I hope would approve of every kind of little thing that I do. Yeah, right. That'll do, babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's <laughs> what she wants him to say. You just rem- I don't remember do, who the, uh, um, I don't remember who it was who um, I said I said I don't remember what it was in response to some friend. I said that'll do, pig. And they were really offended by it, and it, it slowly dawned on me that they hadn't seen Babe. I thought everyone had seen Babe. Uh, but I guess you were calling them a pig. Yeah. 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 And that you were being understated and calling them a pig. Yeah, both. Which is, yeah. you know, I, I, that's, that's me to a T, really, is a quiet, quiet asshole. <laughs> yeah. And then you, then you push them off the girder. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my uh, my sacrifice sorry, to Leon. You, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> is what you sounded like to them. Oh shit! Good save at the end, though. You 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 nearly transposed the 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 uh, dialogue to the wrong person, and then you saved it at the end. Is is what I sounded like to them? That's good. It was good. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Um, so I guess I actually have some stuff to talk about for a change. Do you? Uh, as you always have something to talk about, do and I? I never do. Yes. See, this, I think about the other. No, this I is think, normal. <laughs> I feel like you have things to talk about. I always feel unprepared for the podcast, and then afterward, I'm like, "Thank God for Ed. He saved that one." <laughs> no, there's there's uh, not much that I need to add. <laughs> Been right. Reading some books and enjoying them, I'll mention them. I have two, and uh, we'll do the same. And uh, I uh, have, oh, I had some fine culinary experiences this week. Good, very good. Um, I, I haven't had a lot of, of culinary excitement, but um, I've had I've had some uh, some excitement um, when I was in New York. I was in New York last week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I should say I want to plug uh, the Long Island City Reading Series, which is fairly new. It's going to have its first anniversary in a couple of months three months and it's run by Catherine Lasota who also works for electric literature uh mm-hmm. terrific lady and also good writer as well um wrote a very funny and sweet essay about uh I should link to it uh, in the notes about uh about going to burning man with her husband <laughs> um and uh what what it meant to her and for their marriage uh, yeah, it's it's it was in, on the catapult website. I took my marriage to Burning Man is the is the title of it. It's very good. Uh, and um, 
uh, but she's a great uh, MC, and she runs a great series and brings people together who uh, who really sort of uh, there's a real spark between the the people she picks to read. It's usually three people, and they read for ten minutes apiece. Uh, one of them has to live in Queens, and um, I was not that person. Um, but it's one of the requirements of the series is that you open your reading. The reading proper is limited to 10 minutes, but you're, you're supposed to open your reading with a little anecdote about Queens. And um, uh, I didn't have one. So I did a bunch of research about Queens and learned, in fact, Long Island City was a city. It was a separate right. municipality for the last quarter of the uh, 19th century. And it had uh, mayors. It had six mayors. And so I did a little biographical sketch of the mayors and then added a bunch of specious information about criminal cabals and um, animist mustaches and sea monsters. And I and that was my Queen's anecdote. Your um, Long Island City was a, a gritty seaport. Yes. Well, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. There was an, I think there was an element of that to the real Long Island City. But um, Brawlers. Yeah. What? Brawlers. Brawlers? With brawler. Brawlers. B-R-A-W-L-E-R-S. Brawlers. Yeah. One one who engages in brawls. Yeah, brawls. Right. Yeah. They refuse to throw in the towel at the end of their brawl. <laughs> their brawl. <laughs> Get into a fight with your eyebrows. Which, which don't tangle with me. Actually... My eyebrows are out of control. All my family members have been commenting on it lately. And I'm I'm having to trim them. I'm having to like cut rogue hairs off yeah. because they're poking into my eye. Yeah, this is a thing of age. I have to do it. When I go to the barber, they offer to cut my eyebrows and I, I let them, but I feel um both old and then also a little embarrassed and then a little defeated when they cut them because I feel like I've earned those long eyebrows. Yeah. That's you know there there won't be many like sources hippie, of male potency. Hippie cut from your hair, hair right? <laughs> hippie cut your hair. No, I'll let my freak flag fly. Yeah, my Donish freak flag fly. <laughs> Charles Durning like freak. No, not Durning. Mm, who's the actor? Is it Durning in in Dune? Is Charles Durning in Dune? It is Charles Durning in Dune floating around. Uh, Some remarkable see. eyebrows. Really? Hold on. I'm gonna. Mm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look up a photo of that. I, don't, I can't. I can't picture it. Oh yeah, he's got the brows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I feel. Um, what the hell movie is this? Wow. He's he's he looks enormous, and he's wearing a giant uh, floral print shirt, and has kind of ginger colored hair. Maybe I'll have to find mm. out what movie this is. Anyway, um, yeah, well, I, you know, I've, needless to say, I've been turning in my in recent days. I've been turning my, um, been turning my attention to uh, men of a certain age whom I might want to emulate as I, as I enter into, you know, being an old person. As I see that on the horizon, I still think I'm 26, basically, but. Um, yeah. And these are these are eyebrows that I can I can admire and uh, and f- feel like are a goal. You need some eyebrow models yeah. as we enter into this early middle age. Yeah, 
Anyway, um, the reason I uh, brought up the trip to New York, and I had, I had I saw some old friends and had a good time, and the reading was great. And uh, um, you made up some shit about Queens. I made up some shit about Queens, and I read the other readers were good. Read a short story. The other readers were great. Yeah. Um, uh, Robert Lopez, um, who uh, turns out I have a, we have a mutual friend in um, Sam Ligon, mm. and he has a new. Um, novel out and read from that it was really good and uh, Sean Doyle whose first book just came out it's a memoir um, and he was extremely impassioned and a really good reader and everyone's style was very different so it was it was a good mix um, and it went off fine and this it, this series I should I'll, I'll sell it a little more that the Long Island City bar is where it takes place and uh, it's a really nice bar um, but it has a courtyard and beyond the courtyard is a carriage house that has been transformed into an event space, and it has a, a gas fireplace, and uh, it's it's cozy. So it's it's like just big enough so that when it's full, it feels really alive, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a more of a low key reading series than say the Franklin Park reading series in Brooklyn, which is m- more convenient to a lot of literary people. Um, but this is the right size of a space for a reading series that most people have to take a couple of trains to. Um, yeah. And I highly recommend it uh, that, that you do that. You're smoothing the old... It'd be a long train road. for me. Yeah. Yeah, it would. It would. Um, but worth it, you say. <laughs> you, take M- you take the Empire Builder <laughs> to Queens. Let's take the train over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, wh- uh, but I bring all this up. To say that every time I'm out of town, which is, you know, several times a year, I'll go away for anywhere from two days to a week for some kind of literary thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, something happens. Something bad happens to my house. And mm. I end up getting used to be uh, emails. It's now text messages from Rian um, asking me to advise her on what to do or just kind of venting about the frustration of stupid crap happening when I go out of town. And this time it was, to my horror... A skunk had lodged somewhere under my house. Oh, no. And it was spraying there. It had gotten under there and sprayed. Uh-huh. And Rian's theory at the time, and it was a good one, I think, I think it has proven incorrect, but uh, is that it had, while digging around under the studio that you see behind me right now, my kind of office and music space, um, it had gone in through a hole in the foundation and tumbled into the cellar and was alarmed at having done that, thus sprayed, and then was trapped in the cellar. Um, so Rian went down and opened up the back door to the cellar, thinking that the skunk would, would leave. And some kind of animal footprints were in the snow, but going in both directions the next day when I came home from New York. But anyway, when I got home, you could still smell skunk. Um, it was worse, worst in my room, uh, cleared up in the house pretty regularly, pretty uh, quickly. And then I closed the basement door, figuring that if Rain's theory was right, the skunk had left, wouldn't, wouldn't go through that again. And we were in the clear and I promptly forgot about it. And then a few nights ago, the respraying? Yeah, like around 9.30, uh, Rain was in her office working and came out saying, it's sprayed again. And sure enough, my, my studio was completely filled with 
the skunk stank. And it was, you know, it was like, it's not the kind you smell when there's one in the neighborhood. It's like that intense roasted mm-hmm. horror, mm-hmm. almost like a, like a, like a. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really terrible. bad. Yeah. Um, and then it did it again. Shit. Reen couldn't even sleep in our bed because it was too close to the, by the time I got tired enough to go to sleep, it it was gone enough. The smell was gone enough for me, but Rian had to go in the other room. And then it happened again. I was awakened in the night. Three times in the night. Yeah, well, twice. Twice in total. The first time was a week before. Now, but, at what point did you go down in the basement and try to do something about it? Uh, no point? I went down there. All right, well, here's the here's the deal. I went down there at... So the first one was around 9.15. I went down there about an hour later. Um, and I found no evidence of an animal down there. Um, there's a, under the hole in the foundation, there is a bunch of dust, um, like, uh, uh-huh. mortar dust and there were no footprints or anything in it. So I, I, um, and I realized the smell in the basement actually wasn't bad at all, um, that you could smell it, but it was not intense where it was intense was in my back room. And I realized what had happened was it's just under, it's under the floor there and it's just spraying. So... And it's not connected to the basement. I don't think it's connected to the... Well, it is... Yeah. It's a crawl it, space under yeah, the... Yeah, exactly. I think it was staying, sticking in the crawl space. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the second time, it had definitely stuck in the crawl space. It cleared, the smell cleared out of the house pretty quickly, like overnight. But I'm still... It's like four days later. I'm still smelling it a little bit back here. Um, so, we knew that it was time to call Jack Ryan, the skunk whisperer. Oh, that's a priest. Mm. A priest, you say? Yeah, I thought I'd call a priest. <laughs> For some counsel. This guy, he's about 70. Mm-hmm. Um, and we discovered him. Actually, so when I called him, first I called the number that's on his, uh, that was on Google. And it said the number had been disconnected. But there was a new number. And so I called the new number. And he answered. He did not say Jack Ryan's wildlife removal. He said, hello? And I said, is this, is this Jack? Jack Ryan? And he said, how do you know about me? <laughs> uh, and I explained that we had hired him eight years ago to remove a dead deer from our yard, um, which he didn't remember. But this guy, he's, he, he drives around town in this rusted out Japanese pickup truck from the eighties. And it's just got a pile. It's got a comically huge pile of animal cages on the back and it's all held together with bungee cords. Animal cages or animal carcasses? Cages. Although occasionally carcasses, I have seen him with a dead animal strapped to the, you know, lashed to the back of the truck on the, on the, uh, on the, um, tailgate. Uh, I don't know what he's doing with them. Don't want to know, but he's removing them. So, Mm -hmm. I figured I, and he, you know, there's a photo, I'll link to it, there's a photo on his website of a skunk, or a drawing of a skunk, right at the, um, right at the top. In fact, the drawing, it almost, it seems, it's signed, it looks like it says Bob Newhart. That can't be right. <laughs> yeah. but no, anyway. it could be right. Yeah, he does, he does, um, does a lot of, uh, sketches for, uh, exterminators. Yeah. <laughs> Calms him down. It's good, you know? good to have a secondary career. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, and down at the bottom... It was his first career, and now he's gone back to it in his <laughs> later years. 
Down at the bottom it says, Jack Ryan, the skunk whisperer. So I called him, and I expected he would say, I'll, I'll be right over, and I'll trap your skunk. And he said, well, I could come and set a trap. And I'll trap something. But it ain't going to be him. Because this is mating season. And the spraying is part of the mating. Oh, he's trying to... He said, you see... Bring him he, in. He hasn't moved in under there. Because they don't, they don't want to spray where they live. They don't like the smell of it in their fur. They don't, he said, they don't like it any more than you do. Which I don't think can be true. But... He said that this he's getting a lot of spraying complaints, and it has to do with mating, with trying to attract a mate. And he said, I could, you know, I could set the trap, but he ain't hungry. He just wants the females. So I think he's just going to go away. So I asked what we should do. He's like, well, there's one other possibility, and that's that he's gone in there to die, in which case you've got to get him out. And, and he said, ominously, he explained that the glands that contain the acid that makes things smell bad, they, that they don't degrade. So he said, even after he's just a, a black and white piece of toilet paper, them glands can last for years. So he said, you want to go down there with a flashlight? And you will look in there and see if you see a dead skunk. But not in the nighttime. The nighttime is his time. The daytime nighttime is his time. Yeah, the daytime mm. is your time. You got it? <laughs> so I haven't done that. Um, Reen and I con- convinced ourselves that um, he's not dead. Because the smell is, is smell fades. Also, Reen yeah. theorized that maybe, maybe, the, uh, maybe the smell that comes from being um, threatened is somehow stickier. Like maybe there's some fixative chemical that makes it stick because it seems strange. We once had a, the first Volvo we bought, the guy we bought it from, he didn't want to do a few things. He's, you know, runs like a, he's got like a, a Volvo hill um, out by Seneca Lake. One half of his hill is Volvo's. The other half of his hill is organic grapes, and he makes organic grape juice and mm. and repairs and and sells Volvos. How's the juice? The juice is the best grape juice I have ever tasted. It's yeah. spectacular, spectacular. Joe Otati is his name, and his grape juice is is fantastic. I'll see if I can find it. Anyway, um, so uh, he we bought this car from him, and he said, "Well, come pick it up in a week. Uh, I want to make a few repairs on it." And then I'll, then you can take it, and I'll inspect it and you know, get the sticker for you and all, and so on. And then we showed up, and he said, "Well, just wanted to let you know, I was driving it around last night, and I ran over a skunk. So it's it smells a little skunky, and it smelled a little skunky forever. It never <laughs> stopped smelling a little skunky. Uh, and this smell is already gone. So." Mm-hmm. Surely there must be a chemical difference here, or maybe maybe them glands were just stuck in my old car. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mystery. The skunk is a mystery. Yeah, knew a guy who had a pet skunk. Really? D yeah. D uh, deodor deodified. You he uh, I think a couple times a year he took it to a specialist 
who did something to the stink glands. It's really a lot of unnecessary work. Yeah. And it was a sweet little critter. Uh-huh. Skunks are pretty smart, pretty curious, pretty friendly. Yeah. They're a cat. It was very cat-like, very feline. Uh-huh. All right. And it was, uh, it, was a good, it was a pretty good pet, I think. All right. That's, that's... It would get a little scratchy. Didn't, I don't think it bit, but it would get a little scratchy. Um, but uh, it was like a cat. It sort of moved like a cat, jumped. I was often surprised. But he's a rodent, is he not? Not a rodent. What is he? He's related to uh, uh, weasels. All right. Um, uh, mink. Um, polecat. Raccoon. Wait a minute, a polecat is not a skunk? Those are different animals? Oh, is a polecat a skunk? I was I thinking of ringtail. Ringtail is what I was thinking of. All right. The uh, miner's cat, a ringtail. I think that's the group. So they're carnivores. Um, they're in the, the lesser carnivores. Carnivora. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to believe that he's a he's a sweet natured fellow, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, I, I I don't you know I don't want to have to I wouldn't want to have to uh, you know have a specialist make sure he's not going to poison my home with snake. Yeah. Well, I was I've, I've only known one person with a pet skunk. And I've known a lot of people. <laughs> All right. I've known a lot of eccentric people. Was there anything else about this person that you would like to share? He was a he was a college de- he was an excellent debater. He was a college standout debater. Yeah. Um, who is I think now a debate coach at some fancy college, uh, where he, <laughs> I assume has expanded his skunk empire. <laughs> don't know how long skunks live well I hope they live a while before they die under my house yeah um, by the way it's Glendale Farm organic grape juice and uh, back in December Joe posted on their Facebook page I'm sorry to say that there is no Glendale Farm grape juice for 2015 two bad winters and growing seasons in a row left us with not enough grapes to process hope to be back next year it's a sad story. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Oh, it's kosher too. Yeah. Yeah. How's your How's your winter? Are you Are you part of the winter storm apocalypse 2016? No. We have snow. There's been about. Let's see. I'm looking at the picnic table out the window. We've got about three inches that's fallen a little bit each day for four or five days, um, and it's quite chilly. Um, but it's it's pretty much bog standard winter. We haven't had a we haven't got hit hard. Winter was very mild until a couple of weeks ago, and um, yeah. it's finally cold and it's snowing a little bit. Yeah. Our plow guy, we've hired someone, a service to plow, and I assume they're getting paid by the plow because they are doing a lot of unnecessary plowing. Um, <laughs> I think they're accustomed to having having had a few storms by now. and are, I'm, I'm sympathetic, but <laughs> I also don't want to pay somebody to scrape. Essentially, they, they really to pay scrape more, more in a low snow year than yeah. you would. You know, yeah. 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 Oh, well. Well, it's nice here. 
walking around in the green grass last night, watching the moon come up, yeah. <laughs> kicking the soccer ball around in the field, thinking how other people were cold and swearing under their breaths with snow shovels. I was having none of those troubles. No, you were. In, it sounds like you were. You were. Uh, you're warmed by the light of Schadenfreude. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a. It's a dry warmth. <laughs> uh, so uh, I found myself. Um, let me write that down. It's a dry warmth. It's the thing. Um, I found myself on the Hall of Notes uh, Wikipedia page the other day. Mm-hmm. As you do. Right. Were you making changes? <laughs> no, you- no. I've never. I've never edited Wikipedia before. The only thing I've had, I've been tempted to edit is uh, my own page, but that's against the terms of service. You're not supposed to do that. Because you are not a legitimate source for information about you. Which is true. Yeah. If, say, Time Magazine says that you're five foot three, and then you say that you're six foot five, Time Magazine mm-hmm. is correct because. They're a reputable source, and you are not. I went in and changed mine once. You've got, a, it mis- you've got a page on the Because it misspelled my name. Oh, yeah. S-K-W-O-G. Not even like a, you know, oh, ultimate. You I've never looked you up. There you are. Yeah, yours is, yours, is, uh, if, yours is a little longer than mine, I think. Well, and I hope that my name is spelled correctly through most of the page at this point. <laughs> King of Sweden, Poems, University of Montana, 1996. Uh, wasn't that called Toolkit? The thesis, my MFA thesis was called King of Sweden. But Toolkit was the uh, chapbook. That's right. I should add Toolkit. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Skylight's on there. Rough Day is on there. What is, the, what is the title? What is the title of the forthcoming book? Run the Red Lights. That is what I was thinking, because you emailed me and you mention that but isn't that the title of the alex chilton book as well no no it it is his last words yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right the the title of the book is like uh man of destruction or something so uh the uh the title of your book was originally has been in the past popular imaginary friends do you think of that as a completely different version of the book or is it just a different title for us that's just a different that's a different that's a different uh when i saw the book as really just a a bunch of poems that didn't really cohere into anything yeah that um i think that was a a good title because it's a funny phrase and it's in one of the poems yeah but then as i continued working on it and revising it i saw some more commonalities between the poems and I think Run the Red Lights is truer too. It's a great title. I really like it. It's a pretty good title. You've been um you've been uh, talking about the cover? Have been in negotiations nice, about nice, the cover? nice options, yeah. Well, I mean it's really the book designer and the press and the I gave them some some image ideas, and we had some conversations about it. Um, and we'll see what they come up with. I'm sure it'll be something fantastic. I do not have 
I do not trust my visual sense with these things with a cover. Well, you've you're betting a thousand. Both both books look terrific, and they do. And that was largely because I I've, I've I felt like they it's a, it's, it's a tribute to them, not yeah. to me that those yeah, covers yeah. look good. No, no, no. I, I feel the same yeah. way about Grey Wolf, who's always done a good job with my books, too. Yeah. And lots of good, lots of books have good, kind of, you know, like art or, you know, things about the cover. The, 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 the other things that go into book design, the smaller things make much more, I think, much more important. You mean the, 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 you mean the, te- the text layout, the typeface, the, the text kind of layout? The, the, well, just the, the, also just the design of, the design for the title and name or whatever on the cover. Yeah. Right. I've seen lots of books with fine imagery on the cover and then they look terrible because it looks like, you know, Microsoft Word art cl- from 1998. Yeah. You know. Yeah, um I think ty- some people just don't see typography, I think. Yeah. Even some designers? Probably. Yeah. But that's also something that I would have no ability to create. Or yeah. imagine. I mean, the possibilities of it I admire, but I just can't. I don't have an imagination like that. Well, I think that uh, I think the pretty books are a, a hallmark of Copper Canyon's brand. I think their designers are great. And, uh, well, they are. They absolutely are. Um, Natalie you, Shapiro will be a Copper Canyon poet. I am delighted by this. Natalie is a friend of the show. Yeah. And uh, it's very fine poet. I loved her first book, uh, the title of which suddenly escapes me, which we've recommended before. I'm going to remind myself now uh, of the title. The title is Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it any second now. No object. No object. Mm-hmm. That's right. And John Freeman, who I did not know, wrote poetry. Yeah. From Freeman's magazine and Granta. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Didn't know he was a poet. Turns out he's a poet. Turns out, turns out he's a poet. Great. Uh, Build add, add into the stable. But anyway, Hall and Oates. So for some reason, this the phrase. Uh, I think someone used the phrase. Some things are better left unsaid. And I remember that there is a deep cut from I think from Big Bam Boom, nineteen eighty four, Hall and Oates album, uh, the synth heavy Hall and Oates album. Uh, there's a song by that title, and it got stuck in my head. And then I started thinking, why, why that one? I wish I could have Sarah Smile or Rich Girl stuck in my head if I'm going to have some Hall Notes. But then I went to the Hall Notes uh, uh, Wikipedia page, and I came across came across this this little tidbit. In May 2014, Daryl Hall's home renovation program. Daryl's Restoration Overhaul premiered on the DIY Network. Huh? Overhaul? H-A-L-L, Overhaul, yeah. And uh, I, of course, immediately had a little fantasy in which the the CEO of HGTV is sitting in an armchair checking out the competition and... Uh, Daryl's restoration overhaul comes on and immediately he leaps out of his chair and gets on the phone and within weeks <laughs> John's home rent oatsvation has debuted. 
Rent oats they should because the because the the Hall and Oats Home Improvement <laughs> reality show idea is mm-hmm. uh, is a deep mm-hmm. one, and everyone's yeah. got to have their piece of it. You got it's all imitation these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we can go we can go back through the we can go back through the various backing musicians, and they would all get yeah. their own shows. Well, and then you get some signature furniture. You're a modern. M O D E R N L O V E seat. S E A T. Oh, we'll get bassist Kenny Passarelli renovating an Airstream trailer or something. It's gonna be, it's gonna be good. You think our Hall and Oates are gonna promote anybody up to uh, the um, to their uh, to partner status anytime soon? What do you, you think they're going to, to to wed? Is that what you mean? No, like Holland Oates oh. and Hernandez, or <laughs> you know, some promising young associate. All Oates, Wilcox, and Braun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I got those names right off the uh, right off their former bandmates. Or Holland Oates and Oates. You know, sometimes you get <laughs> it's a family business, and you need to recognize the one tidbit from here is that um, they have said they don't like being called Holland Oates. All the records say Daryl Hall and John Oates. Those are the they're this, the the name of the act is Daryl Hall and John Oates. What's well, true? However, their website is hallandoates.com. So <laughs> so they yeah. Um, so I I shared this piece of information with a friend of mine um, about the about Daryl Oates um, or Daryl Hall's uh, DIY network show, and uh, she countered with. Uh, his Vanilla Ice home renovation show as well. Yeah? Yeah. Hold. All right, hold on. I'll find out. Um, hold on. It's called The Vanilla Ice Project, and it was also on the DIY network. I would call it, I would call it The Vanillavator. It's uh, six, 6 of 10 on IMDb, The Vanilla Ice Project, and apparently Run then... Run of Vanillavations. Run of Vanillavations. <laughs> Ice, ice <laughs> renovationizations. Vanilla, yeah, vanillaizing you to a new home. <laughs> I've been vanillaized. <laughs> oh shit! And then, as if this is not, as if the vanilla ice project were not enough, he he then he then apparently appeared on a show in which he becomes Amish. I, I miss out. I it's miss called, out so, on so called, much. It's called Vanilla Ice Goes Amish. <laughs> I've missed so much. It's um. It's on. I, it's you're now, telling, it's you're on telling me these things, and it makes me feel as though I have barely lived. <laughs> There's uh, you just. I'll I'll link to this. Uh, I'll link to the Vanilla Ice Goes Amish page. I think it's a going concern. Vanilla Ice reunites with his Amish ninjas starting October 11th at. At ten nine central, October twenty sixteen. Uh, I think last year. So it's it's on, it's it's happening now. He, you know what though? He um, now that he's older, he's plausibly he's plausibly rural. No, like you look at him. He's I can see it. I can see him being a. I can see him being a TV handyman. You can see him being out there at the Malheur Wildlife Refuge. <laughs> Yeah. Talking about rights. 
How are things going out there, by the way? I think it's fallen off. It's fallen off the national stage. As, well, not uh, here. We're paying no. close attention to I'm it. I'm sure you are. That's why I ask. I had a um, a delightful uh, uh, dinner at Jake's uh, Seafood House here in Portland with uh, Robert Stubblefield, who extends his hello oh, to wonderful, wonderful. He's passing through town, friend from Missoula. Yeah, he mentioned he mentioned he'd be uh, on the road. And uh, of course, his family ranch is out central Oregon, still hours from Burns. Yeah, but I was you know talking to somebody who was plausibly. An Oregon rancher, sort of. <laughs> yeah. Um, and asking what he—I was curious, very curious—what he and other former Oregon rancher Bill Kittredge thought about the uh, the thing. Sure. And, and they were both of the opinion that these ranchers sure seem to have a lot of spare time. <laughs> <laughs> more more than they were had noticed that other ranchers in their experience had. Yeah, well, one one imagines that the actual act of ranching has fallen down down on their priority list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other observation is just that yeah, people in the country sometimes go a little crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, no, there's that's, a, that's that's still going on. People in the country going crazy is a time honored um, time honored literary subject. Reed wrote a short story about it um, last week, actually. A very good one, which the world, I hope, will read before too long. I would read it in a a split second. (laughs) It is is 20 pages long. In a country second. (laughs) Country seconds out here. (laughs) A second's a long time. (laughs) Well, I remember one fella. Especially back in a second, we hadn't seen him yet. I think he might have fallen down into a well. He said, I'll be back in a second, and then the water tasted funny for a few years, but we didn't mind. Well, we're not the type out here who'd like to complain. I miss that fella. He was my sister. (laughs) I'm wearing, that's why I'm wearing this dress today. It's Tuesday. <laughs> I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. No one comes out here much. I love how you segued into a new country plot line. <laughs> Cross-dressing mourners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that old saw. That's a plot line. Yeah. That's a real thing. I've known that. I knew a fella in uh, New Orleans who uh, lost his wife and then um, wore her clothes for several years. Oh, oh. I thought that was kind of beautiful. Yeah. He laughed like this. You could hear his laugh from across the street. <laughs> he laughed a lot. He was full of mirth. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you'd, hear him, you'd hear him all hours of the day and night. <laughs> So you mentioned uh, having some, uh, having some. Oh well, well, actually, while I have the floor, let me. Actually, you had it, and I just seized it from you. But um, there's a there's a there's a uh, patisserie in New York. I want to recommend. Um. Uh, my only 
really noteworthy dining experience in, in on this trip. Mostly my dinners seem to be coming from food trucks at midnight. Um, but uh, this place, uh, Patisserie Claude yeah. in the West Village, kind of place where there's no menu, there's no price list. The things in the in the pastry case are not marked with labels telling you what they are. It's You just sort of point at a thing, you say how much of it you want, and then you just sit there and eat it. And they, uh, there's, uh, they were going to close. Um, but the, uh, but the assistant chef, uh, decided to take over and, uh, it's going strong and is just, it's tiny little place on, uh, West fourth street that I, that I highly recommend. What did you have? I had a bag. See, I don't know what they're called. The, uh, they're sort of like uh, if they were large, you'd call them bear claws. But they're they're tiny little double swirls. And uh, um, actually, I'll, I'll go to. I think I put a photo of it on Instagram, which seemed to anger seemed to anger people. They don't want to see the delicious food that I'm eating. Oh, they do. Um. Yeah. So here they are. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna screenshot this and uh, and drop it in the old uh, thing. It's like it's, it's like little micro bear claws. Very very crunchy and sugary and delicious. A lot of butter, you think? Oh God, yeah. There's a there's a crap ton of butter. Um, but I I highly highly recommend this place when you're in the city. I stayed in an Airbnb and. Uh, in the West Village, which is a new experience for me. What was it like? Well, um, hold on, I'm uploading this thing for you. There you go. Uh, nice seem nice seeming couple. Um, I think it's one of those situations where a rich person marries a rich person, and they keep the they keep their second apartment and they rent it out to people against their landlord's will and there was a lot of hey if you bump into the landlord just tell him we're friends um Mm -hmm. it was you know a a, kind of cute but cramped place but i just needed to sleep in it and um yeah uh i had to pick up the key from a bodega down the street and it was in a lockbox with a combination on it and uh but i couldn't the, the the people forgot to give me the combination so I went to the, I went to the bodega, and there was a guy there who didn't speak English, and I, and this was they said it was a new system. They were trying a new system. So this guy had never done this before, and after about a minute of trying to explain, I wanted the key to the apartment. He finally figured it out, and then reached up above the, you know, the, his sort of work area, and brought down a, a a garbage bag, and then untied the garbage bag, and in it there was a binder. And in the binder were pages in which I, people were supposed to sign the key in and out. So, and no one had done it yet. And then I did it. And then he handed me the lockbox. And then I had to text the people to get the combination to the lockbox. Um, and while I waited for them to respond, I had I had some cocktails with a friend in a bar. And mm-hmm. all the while thinking, maybe I'm sleeping on the street tonight. Yeah. Uh, but then, lo and behold, the uh, they apologized. They sent the code it worked and i had i got the key out so and it was nice it was clean and uh, cute and convenient so 
Will you do it uh, again? Yeah. Before, before the Airbnb over a convenience no, I, of a hotel? I think I prefer to? I think I prefer a hotel, but... Um, I like a hotel. All my favorite hotels doubled in price in the past oh, year. So oh, my God. That's crazy. It's just so expensive. And, uh, you know, it was yeah. not like I was getting paid to read for 10 minutes in Queens. Right. So, um, so I recommend the whole process. It's a bit of an adventure if you're the kind of person who likes their shit locked down. Um, which I am, so it was it was a little extreme for me, but I know that it's a normal thing everyone does now, so I'm mm-hmm. getting over myself. So anyway, yeah, Patisserie Claude, um, <coughs> uh, which is not far from where my Airbnb was. So, mmm. so uh, w- what were the uh, what were your culinary? Uh, so I, I so I'm teaching a couple days a week at the southeast campus of the Portland Community College. Yeah. Which is in the uh, a, a neighborhood that people are trying very hard to call the Jade District. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd really like to call it something other than, you know, over there off Eighty Second, <laughs> yeah. because Eighty Second in the Portland imagination is is a is the border of town, although it no longer is, and is mostly uh, you know a place to buy heroin and and and, uh, and meat. Uh, so eligible prostitutes. There's your neighborhood name right there. It's the Heroin, right. Meat, and Prostitute District. Yeah, but that's also, it's not that descriptive for Portland. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's like saying the rainy street. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I'm on 82nd lot. It's actually a pretty fantastic strip, like Aurora Boulevard in in, in Seattle. It's, I like that it's, it's a cheaper rent because then you get more experimental uh, storefronts. Which mm-hmm. right now is mostly pot dispensaries or stores. They're not dispensaries anymore because they're not medical. Um, so I have a couple hour gap between my classes, and uh, so I've been. I was getting partial to a, a BLT avocado wrap mm-hmm. that was uh, terrible and overpriced, oh. but convenient, okay. uh, and yeah. then I didn't have to leave the building for it. But now I've got a little more time, and uh, so I found. This warren of of little restaurants, two hundred feet away, that that I thought maybe from the street it looked like maybe it was a series of tire stores or or closed um, convenience stores, but it's just yeah. the bad architecture of the angle. In fact, there's a central parking area. So it looked like it was a tire store three blocks away, but it turns out it was a, a lifesaver store four feet in front of you. Right. Yeah. Um, and it has a a place that just has Bunbo Hue. Yeah. Are you familiar with Bunbo Hue? I'm not. Are you familiar with Pho? Very, very much so. Which every other restaurant in Portland right now is a Pho store. Oh, really? Um, we've reached peak Pho in Portland. <laughs> All right. Mostly we've reached peak Pho puns. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> Our our taste for pho is, is unquenchable because we <laughs> but we've reached peak pho puns. Yeah. Um. Uh, but so bun bo hue is another Vietnamese soup. Okay. That is slightly different. In what way? Little um, little different add-ins. Uh, it's got pork knuckle. It's the, fundamentally, it has it has trotters and uh, uh, pig blood in it. Yeah, that's congealed and then cut into 
a kind of so it looks like it might be a turnip mm-hmm. you know, or a beet, but it's blood. That's no turnip. And then you either have chicken or beef. So yeah. You walk in and they just say chicken or beef, <laughs> um, and you can pick one or the other. Uh, but it's mostly going to be pork blood, either way. So, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, it's a little greasier, a little, a little, a little greasier, a little hotter, um, and a little sweeter. All right. It's a different experience. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the That's name of the, the place? The place where you're, where you're getting the soup. Tio. T E O. Okay. That's all they have. Tio Bunbo Huey. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. S- Southeast, here's an um, ar- article from Oregon Live. Southeast Portland's Tio Bunbo Huey serves one soup. That's it. Yeah. It it's looks true. It looks delicious. And it is. It is quite. And it is next door to my brother's crawfish. Louisiana crawfish place, but it doesn't open until later in the day, so I haven't tried it. It isn't actually your brother's restaurant. It's this. The no, the restaurant. name of it is my brother's crawfish, which all the signs just say MBC, which indicates that most of its patrons must have a lot of familiarity with it. Right. And then uh, next to Teo, or to one, one down, is a place that I went yesterday. Uh, Good Taste Noodle House. Mm-hmm. Good. Which has, uh, in addition to a regular Chinese menu, it's good taste menu, which yeah. I would think you wouldn't want to separate that out because it <laughs> bad money drives out good. <laughs> yeah. I like to order from the bad tasting menu. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Please. Oh, that's certain. That's particularly awful today. There's also yeah, a terrible p- choice. There's also a party. I'll menu. have it right out. Hmm? There's also a party menu. Yeah, well, they have they have uh, in addition to what was delightful is in addition to being a, a good kind of hole in the wall Chinese place, they have just roast pig and duck and chicken by the front door, so you can go in and get a half pound or a full chicken. Oh, great! Pull it off the hook and chop it up, which is not part of the signage outside. It may in fact be technically a different restaurant or different license in the same building but i haven't been able to find that i mean it's i'm sure it's all over the building is the, the building's that kind of uh that kind of semi semi sort of suburban building that could contain anything oh yeah they could a, they could clean it out a carpet store yeah, yeah. Be daycare or dmv or I, I like the awful. idea of a daycare or dmv yeah good taste noodle house yeah delightful excellent i'll link to that i'll link to that as alice would say if alice is listening to this she was supposed to be on this episode with us i know she's been up been out a while now for you know working on a year and a half and that altitude yeah it changes a woman uh, it changes anybody drives people crazy (laughs) it does my lord it does got to see a bunch of movies this week what'd you see I feel caught up for the first time in years. Hateful Eight. Revenant. Ah. Big Short. Yeah. Sicaro. And I saw this. 
That's five more movies than I saw in 2015, I think. So why all of a sudden? Childcare? Do these dates? Do you go with Jill? Are you alone in the theater? Are you going with a friend? What are you doing? Street DVDs? Street DVDs? Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the unofficial economy. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Do they look good? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, if right. these are the movies that they... <laughs> <laughs> if these are indeed the films that, that the title says, they're pretty good. Uh, I have had The Revenant recommended to me by several people. It's good, and it's terrible. Yeah? Oh, it's so bad. Oh, it's so gorgeously bad. I mean, it's like a lot of pretty pictures of mountains. Yeah. And then, oh, then, oh, my God. It's like you can see it, because there's like so it's just, there's two stumps. One on the left side of the screen, there's one on the right side of the screen, right? Yeah. Or trees, or shrubs, or rock, or something. And Leonardo DiCaprio is at one of them, say on the left side of the screen, because we sort of visually go left to right, right? Yeah. And you're thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to sit here and watch him crawl over to that other stump <laughs> for the next five minutes. <laughs> and you do. <laughs> and then the camera moves, and there's another stump. <laughs> Like, is he going <laughs> to crawl to that other stump? And am I going to sit here and watch it? I Damn am. Right. Damn right. Damn right. You're going to do that. That's 10 minutes. That's 10 minutes. So it's like three hours of him crawling between stumps. <laughs> Best moment is he tries to drink some water and it flows out of his throat. Because <laughs> oh, he's been mauled by a bear. Oh. oh. Um. And it's uh, it's pretty bad. Both Hateful Eight and Revenant. Uh, this is the, the the emblem of of big movies of the year, is uh, uh, some gruff character childishly tasting snow on his or her tongue, mm. um, as in presaging blizzards. That's both both movies have that moment. Both movies have blood covered people, yeah. childishly uh, enjoying. A snowflake on the tongue. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee in one. Oh. Is that the, uh, would that the be best, she in the hateful The best eight? movie in the most terrifying moment and the best acting is Christian Bale in the big short. Yeah? Just sitting behind a desk. I don't even know what terrifying. that's a, I don't know anything about that movie. What's it about? It's about the financial meltdown of 2008. All right. And people who were trying to make people who saw what was coming and tried to make money off of it. Yeah. And Christian Bale is one of them. And uh, the first five minutes, which is him sitting behind a desk, talking to a, a uh, to somebody he's interviewing for a job. More terrifying, bone chilling, soul crushing, and beautiful art making than than anything in wow his other movies. I like him, and I've liked him ever since uh, Reign of Fire. Did you ever see that movie? No. I recommend it. It is a dragon movie. It's a movie about dragons uh, in London. In London? Yeah, it's like a a bee thriller, Um, but an incredibly well-made one and really fun. And they're not dragons like, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, 
um, uh, the you know the dragons of fantasy. They're the they're like terrifying animals mm-hmm. that have been re- revivified after many decades. Vanilla ice, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vanilla ice is dragon reviv- reviv- revivification. <laughs> Sweet callback, bro. Yeah. the villa vanillavized. Reviviva vanilla iced. Oh, dragons. yeah. Yeah, good. Really those good. Ice dragons? No. Those are reviviva vanilla iced dragons. The, the name of that show could be Fire and Ice. Vanilla <laughs> Ice Fighting Dragons. That reality it's, show. It's it's a story of ice and fire. Yeah, ice and fire. Uh, I got a book to recommend. Um, I'm only two thirds through it, but it um, it's spectacular. Uh, Black Wings has my angel. I believe I sent you a link to it last night. It's by Elliot Chase. Uh, it's a crime novel from well, the lounge. The lounge mm-hmm. fortune. No, C H A Z E. Oh, okay. They the. Uh, I think they changed the spelling to prevent uh, confusion. Yeah, trademark. Um, this guy wrote a bunch of books, a bunch of pulp crime in the fifties. Um, he was a newspaper reporter, lived in the South. Uh, but this book is unique in his oeuvre. Apparently, Barry Gifford wrote the introduction, talked about how he wanted to. Um, he wanted it to be the sort of crown jewel of Black Lizard, but then yeah. Black Lizard got bought out by a larger publisher, and they didn't like this book. Mm. Uh, but this book is, so far anyway, one of the best crime novels I've ever read. It's like it's like Chandler quality stuff. Uh, the narrator is a is a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Very much, it kind of reminds me of um, To the White Sea, the way yeah. that, that that narrator, who is a psychopath, sort of seduces you. And you have that sort of delightful feeling of being uh, attracted to him and repelled by him in equal measure. And it constantly keeps you on your toes. You can't wait to see what he has to say. But at the same time, you're afraid he's about to do something that will make you hate him. Uh, This guy is one of those people. And basically, Mm -hmm. he's he's an uh, escaped escaped convict um, who meets up with a... uh, sort of a high class prostitute on the run. And the two of them have this, uh, intense relationship. Um, and together hatch this plot to perform a, a, a heist. Uh, but it's really about the strange details of their time together. Um, and there's an image in it. One of my favorite images in fiction in the past year. Uh, he's remembering his, uh, his father who was a dentist uh, trapped in a, a bad marriage, um, and he would go to the dental office to cry. And he once saw his father with his head down on the on his work table, sobbing. And then when he lifted up his tear soaked, lifted up his head, his tear soaked face was flecked with little bits of gold, wow. little bits of gold that's, fillings. That's beautiful. Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah, and it's full of stuff good. like that, stuff that doesn't have any have any need to be in there. Um, But it's in there because the narrator needs him to be in there. And the narrator occasionally has little asides where he says, yeah, I know this is a little fancy, but I'm trying to say what it was like. Um, 
it has just the right amount of sort of self consciousness to it. So, um, and it's and it's kind of uh, brutal, um, but also really beautiful. So, Black Wings has my angel. It was uh, New, New York Review Books just put it out as as they have rescued many wonderful mm. things from Oblivion. They have done it with Stoner. this as well. What year was it? The book ish. I don't know. Forties, fifties. I think fifties. Uh, this guy died. He was born in uh, Mamou, Louisiana. Mm, died, big died, died in 1990. Some people call it Big Mamou. Some people call it Sweet Mamou. Would they? Well, it depends mm. what you've done in Mamou. Big Mamou. <laughs> prairie Cajun town. You've been getting a little sugar down Mamou mm, way? It's a prairie Cajun town. I got to Mamou for the for Mardi Gras. Put your mask on, ride your horses, go catch some chickens, go door to door. It's all true. Mamu's a mag- magical town. You've been there. I've been to Mamu, big Mamu. Um, I'll check that out. I, I, uh, I've enjoyed this. What, New book of short it? stories. What do you have there? It's called Flings. By Justin Taylor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you would like it. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it on the internet. A year old or so. I feel to. like I've read him or have encountered him or something. Possible. Why do Possible. I know him? I don't know. I must have read one or two of these in uh, magazines. Have any of them been in the mm-hmm. best of anthologies? They have. Also had a novel, um, which I haven't read yet, although I bought it. The Gospel of Anarchy. Yeah. Oh, that reminds another, me. Another collect- earlier collection of stories called Everything Here is the Best Thing Ever, which is a good title. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Um, and also I, when everyone is loving someone on Twitter, I am repelled by them typically. Yeah. So I took my time reading, uh, Nell Zink, but, um, I really, I like, uh, the wall creeper and I love yeah. mislaid. Love it. It is very strange. Very funny. Nothing quite like either of those books. Yeah. You read them both. Yeah. Yeah, um, I had, the, I had the, the 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 experience of meeting her in Miami. Really? Yeah. What's she like? Um. Uh, intense. Yeah. Good. Funny. Good. Intense. Funny. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something kind of un- so uncalculated about, especially mislaid, um, the way it kind of blithely riffs on race and gender and sexual orientation in a way that I, I've never seen a white person talk so confidently uh, about race. And I, I would have to talk to a, people of color who've read this book to tell me if it's, if yeah, it I don't know. it's true to them. I don't know. I don't know how it's been received in that way, but it's, pretty <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a southerner, a southerner who has lived abroad for a long time. Yeah. can say what she wants. So moving from one foreign country to another foreign country. Yeah. 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 yeah, but I think this book is terrific. Uh, on the sentence level, yeah. it's great, and um, uh, and uh, just the, 
the stuff that happens in it is crazy without ever seeming uh, gratu- gratuitously so. Crazy, crazy and plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to... Uh, um, two, uh, two little books of poems right, also go on, go on. I wanted to I've enjoyed. I've been watching movies, reading books. This has not been my life for the last few years. No. It's the life that I think that I lead. <laughs> but yeah. I only occasionally do I actually lead it. Do you feel good um, about it? Or does it make you uncomfortable? It seems like the more I read, and and also the more movies I watch, um, the closer it seems to me being to to writing something again. Yeah, so I feel like I haven't really written anything in a while, and I've been working on a book. But it doesn't, as you know, as you approach, it, you, there's a lot of labor going into it, but it doesn't feel like it's the. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's important labor. I value it, I respect it, and I I want to do that phase well. But it doesn't feel creative. I I think of it as the most important labor, but it does not feel like yeah. writing. Yeah. Um, the undiscovered room, poems by Joe McDougal. Okay, an Arkansas poet who is is not as well known as she should be. Is really good. Okay, hold on. Joe McDougal. Here's a short it, one. I'm only seeing it and, on um, I'm only seeing it on Google Books. Is it not? Is it hard to find this book? Maybe maybe brand new. It's brand new. Okay, Tavern Books. Nice cover. There are other books of hers. Yeah, and amulets. He, Just before dark, she glances up to see death slouched in a doorway, chain smoking like a braggart. When he leaves, she thinks of lipstick, the Krupp diamond, her mother's perfume. She fancies these, audacious as wolverines, <laughs> fast by the doorframe of each room. Yeah. yeah, And then Linda Gregg, who I've also been, I've been overlooking to my poverty. Yeah. This is a, this is a Grey Wolf book. It's a Grey Wolf book. Yep, she it was immediately familiar to me. Um, very nice. You want to you want to give me a stands? Sure. Slip me some stanzas, buddy. Hey. Is it Oscar having a play date? By the way. Can you hear him? Yeah, I think there are other multiple children in your home. It's good. This is a good microwave. Uh, when I say microwave, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what I mean. Man, sometimes I just say it. Man, this is a yeah. Man, this is a good microwave. It's a good microphone. I can barely hear it. No, it's not. It's not distracting or loud, but um, it's familiar. Amen. It's familiar from my years of uh, child rearing. Yeah. In um, dirt under olive trees. On the hill at evening, her naked body is too small for the woman's head. The face tilts away as it listens to the music she makes, the expression perfect happiness, a diadem, and curly hair with bits of gold and white and red paint. The only wing left curves from her shoulder like the tail of a horse prancing. Why do we care so much about the grace of winged women, singing naked or lightly clothed, Made by men to what purpose? A rock would do, 
as well, or some broken reeds. Why not the smell of earth, warmed all day by the sun, or the sense of unseen water underground, or the sky at morning? Why this pity, this glad humming, when we see her sitting with tinted breasts on a little clay throne? Yeah. You hadn't... Uh... She's been publishing for a long time. You hadn't uh, read her before? I had, I had read her, but I hadn't directed my attention towards reading a bunch of her. I hadn't seen her as a potential model. Right. Which I'm reading these and I'm saying, ah, oh, this is, I'd like to do this. This is not, That's a nice thing to do. Oh, that's good. You can do that? I want to do that. That's nice. I got to say that I love this feeling that I imagine you're starting to feel now, and I I kind of am too, of compiling kind of haphazardly the collection of things that are going to influence the next thing you do. Yeah. And you're not looking for them exactly, and it's serendipitous, and you don't know how exactly they're going to have that effect, but... It's not research. No. It's... Absorption. But it is a kind of hunting yeah. Yeah. Absorption. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good phase to be in. I was telling you in this email yesterday that I'm um, handing in my novel, which I've been fretting over for this rewrite for six months. Um, and it was challenging, but actually kind of fun. And, and I think the book is much better now. Uh, but I expected to feel relief and to be able to relax. But instead, it, you know, it turns out that the when have you ever when yeah. have you ever experienced either of those states? It's like Not it's the like time what that I've uh, known you. it's like what people say about childbirth is the you know the your body your body creates chemicals that make you forget how much it fucking hurt so that you'll have another one. You know, it's yeah. it's the same thing. It's just this is the yeah. this time when I hand it in, it's gonna I'm gonna feel great, and I felt great for about five minutes, and then this the, which will be your tenth book, my tenth book, yeah. Um, and all the all the uh all the uh all the sadness and anxiety and and sentimentality that um that had been pinned down by the ballast of my impending rewrite um is now f- floating freely through my yeah. psyche um so I'm glum yeah that's why I need that skunk yeah <laughs> need that skunk can't find them you can smell them it irritates you but also somehow comforts you maybe yeah sure it's comfortable to, to have a problem like that and the the thought of him down there horny and confused it's it's uh it's he's, familiar he's, yeah he's, he's my spirit animal yeah. of the week yeah <laughs> horny yeah. and confused and smelling bad <laughs> under the house that's what i'm all about living under the house with a tail, <laughs> just like me, pointy nose, nocturnal. <laughs> it's Eats possible grubs. to, to, to lives on a diet it. mostly of grubs and grasshoppers. Okay, all right, let's. We can stop now. That's. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the poem "Skunk Hour"? By whom? By Robert Lowell, Sir Robert Lowell. Oh, you know what? When Dame I was, Robert Lowell. I think. When I was when I was talking on Twitter about the about the skunk. Someone brought it up. Uh, someone brought it up. Sent sent it to me. I'll I'll link to it. Um, and I had read it before and had forgotten all about it. Parades with a pail on its head, and it will not scare. 
Yeah. My mind's not right. Thirsting says, for the I hierarchic myself am privacy. Yeah. Thirsting for the hierarchic privacy of another century. Our she buys. She buys up uh, uh, <laughs> something dilapidated and lets it fall apart. Uh, red fox stain covers Blue Hill fairy decorator. Uh, you know what I would read? I'd be willing to read is you hazily remembering great poems. Yeah, I would read a book of that. <laughs> I read a book of that. <laughs> I could put that together. Yeah. His it's, nine, the, it's the it's the the, the the anthology of poetry. His nine a hastily remembered all. anthology of poetry, edited. I would say it's edited <laughs> by Ed Skoog. Without <laughs> without references. That's awesome. Uh, Rosy fingered Dawn. Uh, <laughs> uh, to be or not to be, uh, the throne she sat in. Uh, a turfy hills where live nibbling sheep. Um, I came to a fork and I went the other way. Uh, man's f- uh, f- disobedience to man, uh, pfft, something about Satan, <laughs> and uh, so that brings us uh, up to date. That's the whole <laughs> anthology. I do it in five minutes. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John That's right It's time for lunch Box with Ed and John